a most amazing program today. A most amazing because of what's happening now, this moment in my part of the world, and what's going to be happening in the next few days between Russia and the Ukraine that will change the map. I'm looking at an article. I want to read a part of this article to you that came up in the Jerusalem Post that is most amazing and frankly could be frightening for the world. But we, the church, have nothing, nothing to worry about. Thank you for joining me today because I am talking today about the great escape, preparing for the great escape. The church is about to experience what we call the rapture of the church, the great catching up, and events are happening so rapidly, so rapidly, that I have to warn everyone listening to me, it's time to prepare. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your promises. I thank you for the comfort you give us through your blessed word, the scriptures. Now, Lord, strengthen your people. Give them that joy unspeakable and full of glory because you said nothing will harm us. Not even one hair will be harmed. We give you all the praise, all the glory. Wonderful Jesus, precious, wonderful Savior, we give you the praise. And God's people said, Amen, Amen, Amen. Now, and by the way, share this with your friends because this is like up to date. I'm looking at this article in the post. Could, could Ukraine crisis lead to a new world order that impacts Israel? While Russia may receive some tough words and even sanctions, world nations are getting out of Ukraine as fast as possible. The unfolding Ukraine crisis illustrates how major Western governments are dealing with the with the chances for a conflict between a near-peer rival of the United States and another large country. In this sense, it paints a picture of how future conflicts may unfold. Now, this is what I want you to pay attention to. How the Ukraine crisis is resolved is only one aspect of this. If Russia does invade the Ukraine, and if the West does back the Ukraine, it could lead to an escalating conflict. Now, then I saw this, and this is extremely prophetic. This matters to the Middle East, says the Israeli article. The outcome of the Ukraine crisis could signal to Iran that it can encourage more proxy attacks in the region. In other words, it could encourage Iran to, in, to attack Israel. So, back to what the Bible has to say to us. Well, God's word is very, very, very clear because we read in Ezekiel that a war between Iran and Israel will take place. That's Ezekiel 38. We've been talking about it for a long time. And I believe that the rapture of the church, the great catching up of the church, 
is going to happen right after that war. Here's why. Because I believe we will be here to see that war take place. It could happen within days, weeks, months. Now, some people may disagree with me, but here's why I say that. Because it will be that war that will cause the world to cry out for a man of peace to come on the scene. And right before Antichrist is introduced to the world, the church will be gone. I could be wrong though on this. I could be wrong in that the rapture could take place before the war takes place. I am of the opinion we will be here. And I have my reasons. I don't want to go into all of them. But I can tell you this. Whether that or not, our time is extremely, extremely short. We really don't have a whole lot of time. And I shared with you yesterday that uh, Deuteronomy 32.8 talks about what happens in Israel affects the world. Well, it's been so because as the nations dealt with the Jews, God dealt with the nations. But now we're seeing something new in Israel. We are seeing an amazing move of God where Jewish people are reaching Jewish people on the streets and thousands are coming to the Lord throughout Israel, Jews reaching Jews for the first time. We haven't seen this in 2,000 years. The last time we saw that was in the book of Acts. But now we're seeing it again and it only began like five years ago. And I believe that Deuteronomy 32.8 fits because what is happening now spiritually inside Israel is going to affect the world in a natural way and the church in a spiritual way. And we're also seeing at the same time as, listen to this, as Jews are getting saved, the church is losing people by many of them falling away. Isn't that amazing? That when the Jews were losing, the church was gaining, and now the Jews are gaining and the church is losing? Because Paul said what? He said there will be a great falling away before the coming of the Lord. But how amazing it is to me anyways, that when Jewish people are coming into the kingdom, Gentiles are leaving the kingdom. While before when the Jews were actually leaving, Gentiles were coming in. We are already seeing the changes. And now a remnant of the Gentile church is becoming very solid and strong in the spirit, in the Lord. So this is very important now that we talk about what do we do? How do we prepare for the great catching up? Well, Luke 21, 36 tells us clearly, watch and pray always, always, that you may be accounted worthy to escape, to escape. Now, escape what? Because a lot of people today are saying, well, we will go through the tribulation. Well, I don't believe that. I don't believe God in his justice and nature is going to allow the righteous and the wicked to be judged together. Abraham in Genesis 18, you know, I was uh, reading it in Hebrew a few days ago with my professor, Sigal Zohar, because I'm a student of Hebrew University. In fact, I just graduated last week, to be honest with you, so I'm really happy. But I was reading with her not, lo not long ago, Genesis 18, and I was amazed by the word that Abraham used when he said, will not the judge of the whole earth do right? It's a very weak translation in English. But in Hebrew, it has such a punch with it. Like, Lord, 
this is not this is not you you've never done this you'll never do this that's what abraham was saying to him basically that god will always save the just and abraham goes down to 10 and god would have gone down lower than that had abraham kept going you know what it says in jeremiah god says through the prophet through the prophet Jeremiah, if I find one righteous person in, in Jerusalem, I'll save the, the whole city. You know, Abraham went down to 10. Had he gone down to even one, the Lord said would have said the same thing. But think about the heart of God here, that he will never judge the righteous and the wicked together. So when people say, we're going to go through, through the tribulation, I'm thinking, hold it. Did you not read Genesis 18? Did you not read Genesis 19 when the angel said to Lot, I cannot destroy till you are gone, till you are out? They came to his house to remove him from Sodom. They took him by the hand, his wife by the hand, his daughters by the hand, and pulled them out and said, we cannot do anything till you are gone. So if God would save Lot, it, if God would rescue his wife, who looked back anyways later and was judged, if, if God would save his daughters who slept with their own dad later, would he not rescue us from, from destruction coming on the world? M much greater than what they saw in Sodom and Gomorrah? Much greater. This is not the God we know from the Bible. It's not his nature to judge the righteous and the wicked. I love what it says in Isaiah 26, that God will hide the righteous in time of judgment, in time of wrath. He said, come my people, enter into your chambers. Let me read it with you, come on. Let's, let's, let's go to Isaiah 26. Anybody that you know is saying, well, we're gonna go through the tri tribulation needs to study this portion in, in, in Isaiah 26 and many other portions of the Bible that say God will never judge the righteous and the wicked together. Verse 20 says, Come, my people, that's you, that's me, enter thou into thy chambers. I'm reading Isaiah 26, 20. Shut thy doors about thee. Hide thyself, as it were, for a little moment. Why? Until the indignation be overpassed. Did not God protect Israel from the plagues of Egypt? Did not God protect Israel from the plague of the firstborn that killed all the firstborn in Egypt? Did God not protect Israel when they went through the Red Sea and the Egyptians lost their army? Even Pharaoh died in that? Yet the Jewish people survived? For behold, the Lord, it says, verse 21, cometh out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth, not the church, for their iniquity. And it says the earth will disclose her blood. In other words, the blood will not, you know, go away. There won't be enough graves to bury the dead. Will disclose her blood and shall no more cover her slain. And then you read First Thessalonians. I feel the anointing just sharing this with you, just sharing this with you. In 1 Thessalonians 5, you read verse 9, a beautiful verse. It says this, 
God hath not appointed us to wrath. There's no way God is going to let wrath be poured on the world, and we're in it. But to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. Or how about 1 Thessalonians chapter 1? Okay, let's, let's go back to chapter 1 of 1 Thessalonians. And look at verse 9 and 10. Very clear. For they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you, and how ye turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his son. Paul is talking about how they came to preach the gospel. And then he says, and now you, you accepted the message, and you turned to the Lord from idols. And then to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us, watch this, from the wrath to come. From the wrath to come. God is not going to allow you and, and me to go th through some terrible destruction on earth. It's not his nature. It's not, you know, who he is. Or uh, Revelations 3. What did Jesus say in verse 10? He says, because you have kept the word of my patience, I will also keep you from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. That's wonderful. He's going to keep us from the hour of temptation. And that word temptation also means trials that will come upon all the world. That speaks about the tribulation. Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. Now we know the Lord God clearly said, says in his word, what do we do? You know, I could have read 1 Thessalonians 4, we've all known 1 Thessalonians 4, beginning at verse 13 through 18, how the Lord will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, the trump of God, the dead in Christ will rise first, then we which are alive and remain will be caught up with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. I have a friend who just lost his mom, and I said, you know, I said, you're not going to meet your mom in heaven. You're going to meet your mom in the air when God is going to raise the dead, the saints, and we will join them in the air. And Philippians 3 talks about how the Lord, verse 20, 21, how the Lord will change our vile bodies to look like his glorious body all on that moment in the rapture, what we call the rapture. And it's going to happen in the twinkling of an eye. In 1 Corinthians 15, we read, in the twinkling of an eye. Think about what a twinkling of, of, of an eye is. Scientists at General Electric measured the twinkling of a human eye, and it says it amounts to 11 one hundredth of a second. Think about what a twinkling of an eye is. 11 one hundredth of a second. That's how quickly the Lord is going to change our vile bodies, mentioning Philippians. To him be the praise. 
You know, I need to read that because I need to encourage some of you sweet people that you know this day is almost upon us. For our, I'm reading verse 20, Philippians 3, our conversation or citizenship is in heaven. From whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus. Oh, come Lord, who shall change our vile body. This talks about the rapture because we're looking for the Savior who will change our vile body it, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body according to the working whereby he's able even to subdue all things unto himself. Hallelujah. Now, we have to do what 1 John chapter 2 tells us, verse 28, and this is how we are going to be ready. Remember Luke 21, 36, watch and pray. But now listen to 1 John 2, 28. And now, little children, abide in him, that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. Now, you know, today they're talking about AI, artificial intelligence, and how quickly it's changing the world. Ten years from now, ten years from now, they're saying there won't be one car on the streets of America that will not be controlled by the robotic. No more steering wheel, you know? No more drivers. It will all be driven by AI. Every car that will be made in America and the West, ten years from now, will be a robotic car. I don't want to have to have a robot drive my car. <laughs> when, when Chad drives me, I always tell him, now slow down, Chad, you know, 65 miles an hour for every 10 miles a car. You know, this is my rules. Of anybody that's driving me, I tell him, listen, you have to, to drive for every 10 miles a car, meaning if there's one car between you and the car in front of you, you have to, to imagine one car between you. If it's 60 miles an hour, it's six cars. That's the distance of safety if you stop suddenly. And my rule is 65 miles per hour. I've not had one problem. I've not had one speeding ticket in the United States of America since I moved here in 1979. This is, this is 2022. Think about it, because I kept to that, to that rule. And I thought to myself when I read that, wow, what if I tell that, ro that robot, slow down now, you better do 65 miles an hour. You're not going to listen to me. And I'm very nervous about that day, frankly. But who knows? I think I, we will all be gone before that. I, I'm, I pray we will be gone. And now you, they, they're talking about the changes to our military. The changes, the danger it puts the human race in because these, these robotic this, this artificial intelligence is more is smarter than, than, than people, much smarter than, than people. Think about what this would mean. You know, the prophet Daniel was told that Antichrist will be wiser. It says he'll be wiser than Daniel. It's amazing. In, in the prophets it says he'll be wiser than Daniel. Think about what that means. How, who, who could be wiser than Daniel? unless there's some robotic mixture with the human mind, with the human body. 
Antichrist could be a mixture. And now that already this te technology is here, it's present, it's, you can read about it. So the coming of the Lord is so nigh, but we have to watch, we have to pray, and we have to abide in him. Little children, abide in him, that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him. What does it mean to be ashamed? Well, some people will be totally cast away. Paul was afraid of that in 1 Corinthians 9. He said, I put under my body, I bring it to, to subjection, lest after I preach to others, I be a castaway. And I thought to myself, if Paul said he could be a, a castaway, how about me, how about you? We have to work very hard. We have to pray very hard. We have to watch very hard. But I'll tell you this, it's easier to prepare for the coming of the Lord than, like I said, to prepare for meeting the Queen of England. When people get an invitation to meet the Queen or some important president in some country, they prepare real hard. Our preparation is quite simple. What, what is it? Watch, pray, abide. So simple. Be alert, talk to Jesus, and stay close. <laughs> that's the closest, that's the most wonderful thing. That's the simplest thing I can do. I can do. So the, the gospel is so simple, so simple. I want to I wanna read for you, I want to read for you something beautiful here. Jesus, I worship you. Oh, I worship you, Lord. Second John, verse 8, it says, Look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward. Look to yourselves that we don't lose those things which we have worked for, that we don't lose our reward. Jesus, wonderful Jesus. Whosoever transgresses, whoever sins is the one who doesn't abide in the doctrine of Christ. It says in verse 9, people who fall into, into sin are not abiding. They're not staying where the presence of God is. And Jesus said, abide in me. And if you abide in me, you'll bear fruit. If you don't abide in me, you're going to lose big. So now in Revelation 3, uh, we read something beautiful in verse 11. Behold, I come quickly. Hold fast that which thou hast. Hold fast what you have. Let no man take your crown. Don't let anyone steal your reward. Because the Bible says our works will be tried. Be tried as by fire. That's in 1 Corinthians 3. So, yes, the great catching up is almost upon us. Yes, we're going to see changes if this war between Russia and Ukraine takes place in that part of the world. is going to change the map of, that, of the whole Middle East, frankly, and Eastern Europe. And Europe it, itself is going to change the political map, the map of their militaries. It's going to give a lot of courage to nations to attack other nations who knows what's coming the united states today is in a 
very weak position and the way they respond to Russia could make or break this country. I'm praying for America. I ask you all to pray for America, that God will keep this nation healthy and well, that a revival will take place in this country before the coming of the Lord. I want to show you, though, that you and I, and you and I have nothing to worry about if we really do these simple things. Watch, pray, abide in the Lord. Quite simple. But Paul talked about how that our work will be tried. Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire will try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burnt, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved, so as by fire. But you know what? Yet Paul the apostle said, it is possible to lose your own salvation if you don't heed this amazing warning in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, which I just, just mentioned. But I want to read it. So it's not just about losing rewards, which we just read about here in 1 Corinthians 3. But look at 1 Corinthians uh, you know, 9.27. I keep under my body. I discipline my body. Bring it into subjection. Lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be disqualified. That's one translation cast away. So now, we depend on the Lord to keep us. I'm going to pray for you the prayer in Jude. This is a beautiful promise from heaven. Unto him that is able to keep you from falling, to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God. So, I've covered quite a bit with you. It's not God's nature to judge the righteous and the wicked together. Genesis 18, Genesis 19, the story of Israel when they were in Egypt, when they came out of Egypt. The Lord said, if we watch and pray, we will escape. In 1 Corinthians 5, I should say in 1 Thessalonians 5, we're not appointed to wrath. And at first, and in chapter one, God will not allow judgment to come to us. I've shared all this and more with you. And now we're seeing the rumblings, the very loud rumblings of war out there. The uncertainty has gotten so great, man's hearts truly are failing them for fear. But now it's time for us believers to get back on our knees, to get into the word of God, that we might find help in times of great trouble. It's quite simple. I just told you what to do. I pray the Lord will put the fire of the Holy Spirit in you to become alert. I pray the Lord will put the fire of the Holy Spirit in you to pray always, not just sometimes. I pray he'll put his fire in you to abide in him. Let his presence be your protection. 
dearest, most wonderful Jesus. I pray with all my heart, Lord, with all my heart in this very dark hour for the world that your people will be in a very blessed, bright place, that the light of your glory will be shining on them daily and continually, that no darkness will overcome them, because where you are, darkness is behind us, because you are the light before us and all around us. We give you the praise. Now, Lord, bless them with your presence, Place that fire in them, Lord, to watch, to pray, and to abide. That not one of them will be ashamed on that day. Not one of them will be disqualified. Not one of them will be rejected. Keep them as the apple of the eye. Hide them under the shadow of your wings and meet every need in their life. In Jesus' name. God's dear holy people said, Amen, Amen. Now I'm going to, you know, every so often come back to you as I see new news, fresh news out there, like now about Russia, Ukraine, and the other things I just mentioned and more, to just keep reminding you, get ready for the coming of the Lord. I don't think we can, we can let our guard down, not even for a day. So, be watching for more such teachings. And now it's time to give to the Lord's work. It's time to sow seed. Like I told you already, protect your future. Not only will we receive a harvest today when we give to the Lord financially, but God protects our tomorrow financially and gives us another harvest tomorrow. Think about what would happen to the world when this war will happen? What can happen to the economies of the world or the finance or the stock market? God will never, ever forsake and disappoint his people. He's able to do exceeding abundantly, abundantly above all we ask or think, even in those dark times. And all you have to do today is sow seed and trust him. It's his word. All right, you can sow on the platform you're watching me on. You can go to our website, benihin.org, or simply text BHM45777. It's so simple. And remember, I've been telling you, I've been reminding you, I've not seen the righteous forsaken or received begging for bread. When you succeed in God's work, you have nothing to worry about. God will keep you and prosper you. All right, I'll see you tomorrow. Another great program. I'll be in the car tomorrow. And I think Chad will have some questions to ask me that I think all of you may want to ask me too. But he'll ask on your behalf. All right. So we'll see you tomorrow. God bless you.